It's an excerpt from uh, Mother Teresa's acceptance speech of the Nobel Peace Prize in Oslo, Norway. You guys heard of Mother Teresa? <laughs> this is what she says. She says, poor people are very great people. They can teach us so many beautiful things. The other day, one of them came to thank me and said, you people who have vowed chastity, you are the best people to teach us family planning because it's nothing more than self-control out of love for each other. And I think they said a beautiful sentence. And these are people who maybe have nothing to eat. Maybe they have not a home where to live, but they are great people. The poor are very wonderful people. One evening we went out and we picked up four people from the street. One of them was in a most terrible condition. And I told the sisters, you take the other three. I'll take this one that looks the worst. So I did for her all that my love can do. I put her in bed and there was such a beautiful smile on her face. She took hold of my hand and she said one word only, thank you. And she died. I could not help but examine my conscience before her. And I asked, what would I say if I was in her place? My answer was very simple. I would have tried to draw a little attention to myself. I would have said, I am hungry, that I am dying, I am cold, I am in pain, or something. But she gave me so much more. She gave me her grateful love. And she died with a smile on her face. As that man whom we picked up from the, from the drain, half eaten with worms, and we brought him to the home. I have lived like an animal in the street, but I am going to die like an angel, loved and cared for. And it was so wonderful to see the greatness of that man who could speak like that, who could die like, like that without blaming anybody, without cursing anybody, and without comparing anything. Like an angel, this is the greatness of our people. And that is why we believe that Jesus has said, I was hungry, I was naked, I was homeless, I was unwanted, unloved, uncared for, and you did it to me. Mother Teresa said, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. Only more love. Lord, we thank you for this this time here today for uh, just uh, being able to worship you and be in your presence. And Lord, as, uh, uh, Lord, you have planted this word in my heart. I pray that it would also uh, plant seeds in other people's hearts here. That, Lord, you would fill people with your Holy Spirit here. Lord, I pray the Ephesians 119 prayer that they would be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the true knowledge of you, Jesus. That, Lord, a revival of love would take place in people's hearts in this room, Lord. You would bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start out with a story. Um, I was having lunch with, with a, a friend of mine a few months back, and uh, he's telling me about the story of a friend of his who was also a, co- a co-worker, and uh, a situation that happened, and at the end of it, he said, you know, this is... This friend of mine, I really like her, but her star just doesn't shine as bright with me anymore as it once did. Her star just, it doesn't shine as bright with me as it once did. So I began, as he said this, I began to think about that statement and it, it arose a lot of questions in my own heart. 
Some of the questions were this. So, if her star does not shine as bright anymore, then is my star shining bright with you? If my star is not bright, then what is it? What can I do to make my star burn bright again? Does God view me this way? I left that time thinking about judgment and conditional love. Judgment and conditional love. Turn with me, if you would, to James 2.12. James 2, verse 12. James 2.12 says this. So whenever you speak, or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law of love. Your version might say liberty. The law that set you free. For there will be no mercy, for if you have not been merciful to others. But if you have been merciful, then God's mercy toward you will win out over his judgment against you. His mercy towards you will win out over his judgment against you. First thing I want to talk to you guys about today is simply God's love. And I want to start with a quote by A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer, he says this. Listen closely to this because it's very important. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. What he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. In other words, if your relationship with God is conditional, then you'll be that way with others. If your relationship with God is lived under the canopy of judgment, then you'll consistently judge others. If your relationship with God is, uh, if it doesn't have mercy, you'll not show other people mercy. If this is you, then according to James 2, you're not living in freedom. But there's hope. If you want freedom, there's something you have to understand. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. You see, when we start this journey with God, when, he, when he, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit draws you near, because the Bible said his goodness draws people into repentance, when you start this journey and you're going towards eternity with him, and you're going through life and you have sin struggles or there's difficulties in life and, and there, there, there's repentance, there's high times, there's low times, there, there's, uh, there's valleys, there's mountain types. There's all of these things that make up life. Through all of those highs and lows, through all of the beautiful things and maybe the ugly things, God loves you the same throughout it all. From at the beginning... To the end. It's a powerful thought. He loves you unconditionally. We should love people unconditionally. 
when you live in this freedom of unconditional love, your star always shines bright, no matter the condition. Your star will always shine bright, no matter what the condition is. Second thing I wanted to talk about was your love. Your love. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians 5, 13 through 15. Galatians 5, 13 through 15. It says this. For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. There's a prevailing evil spirit in this age. It's called narcissism. You guys heard that term before? Narcissism. Be defined as an inordinate fascination with oneself, excessive self-love, or vanity. Scholars contribute a lot of this, a lot of this to uh, immediate self-worth and self-approval generated by social networking. Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, blogging, the list goes on. The love of self and only doing what pleases you will stop a revival of love faster than anything. It's a ploy of the enemy. In fact, the very root of Satanism, the very thing that is, that is chanted and stated, the foundational thing of Satanism is, do as thy will. Do as thy will. In great contradiction of this, God says this, Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. How then do we love people? How do we love people? I want to suggest two ways today. Acceptance and forgiveness. Acceptance and forgiveness. I'm talking about from the quirkiness of people's personalities, the goofiness of the way we look, the extreme cases when people have not been sensitive, the the cases of when you've been hurt. Both big and small, there must be acceptance and forgiveness. Let me share this story with you. Sue Norton lives in Arkansas City, Kansas. She received terrible news during a phone call from her brother in January of 1990. Her much-beloved daddy, Richard Denny, and his wife, Virginia, were found murdered in their home. Sue's daddy was shot to death in his isolated Oklahoma farmhouse. The crime netted the killer $17 and an old truck. Sue says she felt numb. She couldn't understand why someone would want to hurt people who were old and poor. The loss of her daddy just broke her heart. Sue sat through the trial of Robert Knighton, known as BK, 
She was confused about how she should feel. She tells me that everyone in the courtroom was consumed with hate. They all expected her to feel the same way. But she couldn't hate the way they did because she says it didn't feel good. The last night of the trial, she knew there there must be another way. She couldn't eat or sleep that night and prayed to God to help her. When morning came, she had this thought. Sue, you don't have to hate BK. You could forgive him. The next day, while the jury was out for deliberation, Sue got permission to visit BK through the bars of his holding cell. Sue relates, I was really frightened. This was my first experience in a jail. BK was big and tall. He was shackled, had cold, steely eyes. At first, BK refused to look at Sue. She asked him to turn around, and he answered, Why would anyone want to talk with me after what I've done? Sue replied, I don't know what to say to you, but I want you to know that I don't hate you. My grandmother always taught me not to use the word hate. She taught me that we are here to love one another. If you are guilty, I forgive you. BK thought Sue was just playing games. He couldn't understand how how she could forgive him for such a terrible crime. Sue says, I didn't think of him as a killer. I thought of him as a human being. People thought that Sue had lost her mind. Friends would step to the other side of the road to avoid her. But Sue says, there is no way to heal and get over the trauma without forgiveness. You must forgive and forget and get on with your life. That is what Jesus would do. BK resides on death row in Oklahoma. Sue often writes to him and visits occasionally. She feels that BK should never leave prison, but she does not want him executed. She has become friends with BK, and because of her love and friendship, he has become a devout Christian. Sue Sue states that some good has come out of her daddy's death. I have been able to witness to many people about Jesus and forgiveness and helped others to heal. I have brought BK and many other men on death row to our Lord Jesus Christ. I live in peace with my Lord. Sue gave an eloquent speech to the parole board pleading to save BK's life. Many of the parole board members were in tears, but voted for death. BK was executed by the state of Oklahoma on May 27, 2003. Bud Welch from Oklahoma City and Abe Gale from Oregon were both there to support BK and Sue with their loving energy. A few months back, I was uh, taking a shower, and I was just the Lord was speaking to me, and I was thinking about the 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 revivals and the great awakenings that have happened throughout this earth. And uh, I was thinking about those things. And it's also thinking about the, the condition of the, the earth that we live in today, all the stories that we've heard at Sudan and the, uh, the children, soldiers, and all of the negative things that the, the news publicizes. And, and so I was kind of both halves of my brain were working. I was thinking about the revivals of past and I was uh, thinking about a lot of the negative things, uh, the evil forces that are prevalent on earth today, and just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? What is it going to take? What are you going to do with my life? What are you going to do with the lives of people here at Soma to bring revival to this earth? What are you going to do to bring revival? Who are you going to use? What is it going to look like? And I begin to think about myself and 
what I felt in, in my walk with the Lord of what was, what was important, what was foundational, you know, what could, what could I do? And I was thinking about how these great men of revivals past were attached to these revivals. And that's a lot of what people remember is, is the men of these revivals, the stature of these men. And I felt the Lord just speak deep into my heart. He said, Marvin, that the next great revival said it's going to be a revival of love. He said, I'm going to use each person that believes in me and follows me. And I'm going to saturate their hearts with my unconditional love in such a way that it's going to spread like wildfire through this nation and through the nations of the earth. It's not going to be attached to one man or one ministry, but it's going to consume the earth and and usher back in my second coming. A revival of love. Revival of love. I want you guys to stand with me today. You know, this is maybe a shorter message than what you're used to, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart. I want to ask if uh, our life group leaders, if they would uh, come up to the front, spread out here and I just want to talk to you guys on a personal level. The first thing I want to address is if, if you're in here and you haven't experienced the, the unconditional love of Christ in your life, if you haven't experienced love and acceptance and forgiveness, if you don't know that you're, you're saved and walking in a close relationship with the Lord, I want to ask that... that uh, when I pray that you would come up and talk to someone here. Let them guide you through what that looks like and commit your life to the Lord. And secondly, for those of you who've, who've uh, battled acceptance and forgiveness in your life, when, when the Lord calls us to a, to a love that he says in Matthew 5, 43-48 is even a love of our enemies, he calls us to what he refers to as a perfect love. Those of you who haven't experienced the perfect love or have, are having difficulties uh, giving love to people, there's, there's people that have hurt you, offended you, um, uh, or, or maybe worse in your life, and uh, there's an issue there that uh, you're wanting breakthrough in, I want to encourage you as well to, uh, to come up and and, uh, and receive prayer if that's on your heart. So I'm going to pray and uh, I'm going to close out. And after I get through praying, we're going to play some music. But if this is tugged on your heart, if anything I've said or the stories have, have, have hit you, then please come up and, and uh, see what the Lord has in store for your life, okay? Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, God, for 
your unconditional love in our lives, God. That you don't love us anymore from the beginning or from the end, God. Lord, as you're, as you're tugging on people's hearts, Lord, and, and ministering to them right now, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, 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 help them, Lord, to, uh, to overcome, Lord. I declare healing, Lord. I declare life, Father. I declare victory over people in this room, Lord. And I pray a saturation of your love, God, over each person in their heart here, Father. Yes. As we as we dismiss, Lord, that they wouldn't go about and life is normal, Lord, but that they would make a decision, Lord, to go deep into the saturation of your love, Father, the ministry of your love, Lord, your acceptance and forgiveness, Lord, and not to avoid, God, maybe some issues that have plagued them, God, not to sidestep things they need to know, they know they need to do business in with their life, God, but to grab that and to, and to do business with you, Lord. And make strides, Lord, to overcoming things that have been setbacks, Father. So, Lord, as we end this service, Lord, we just say we love you. We praise you, Lord, and just speak a blessing, Father, over uh, everyone here, God. You would bless everyone here, Lord. And we would not leave without uh, uh, connecting with you, Lord, and receiving your ministry and receiving your love, Lord. We ask in your name. Amen. I want to encourage you all, if uh, you're dismissed, but if there's it's a tug on your heart to, to do business with the Lord, step in here and uh, up here and talk with people and receive the... Uh, ministry of the Lord and, and uh, uh, the blessings of that, okay? I love you guys, and uh, you guys have a great rest of your day, and uh, blessings to you.